0: Genesis 26 starting in verse one. Now there's a famine in the land besides a previous famine in Abraham's time, and Isaac went to Abimelech, king of Philistines at Gerar. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, "Do not go to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live. That's a good place. You always want to stay you always want to live where he tells you to. Stay in the land for a while and I'll be with you and I will bless you. For to you and your descendants I will give you all of these lands and will confirm on oath I swore to your father Abraham. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars of the sky and I will give them all of these lands and through your offspring all the nations of the earth will be blessed because Abraham obeyed me. Let's all say that. Because who? Abraham obeyed me. And did everything I required of him, keeping my commands, my decrees, and my instructions. So Isaac stayed. Verse 12. Let's go to verse 12 of that same chapter. Isaac planted crops in the land that same year and reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. The man was rich and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. I guess very wealthy is different than rich. Verse 14. He had so many flocks and herds, servants, that the Philistines envied him. So all the wells that his father's servants had dug at the time of Father Abraham, the Philistines stopped them up, filling them with earth. Let's pray. Father, thank you for what you've done today and what you're going to do even now. I pray that you would give us living understanding. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come. And touch us. Speak to every man, every woman, every child. Give us living understanding. Give us revelation that causes a revolution in our lives. Release unto us, God, principles, the kingdom of God. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I think every one of us here have probably been through a hard time before. I don't know that everyone here's been through a famine. I, I've been through spiritual famines. I've never been through a physical famine. I've never been in the place where the locusts ate everything and it's so dry. But those times have been in our country before. There was the Dust Bowl, there was Great Depressions, times where your your parents' parents certainly remembered. And but maybe maybe you've been through some famine before too. Isaac here, the the promised child Abraham and Sarah is experiencing a great problem it's famine and I don't know what you do when you run into a difficulty but we're going to learn some principles out of the life here of Isaac and apply them to our lives and as we do that you're going to you're going to glean some truth that's going to help you in the next season of your life or a season listen we're all going to go through trials how many of you know you're going to go through a trial consider it not strange beloved you face all kinds of fiery trials. So what do you do? It's a rhetorical question. Ask yourself, what do you do when you face a hard time? I know what my family and I, we do. Uh, generally, uh, we'll experience momentary panic. And then, and then we get our center. You know, it's kind of, I, I, I'm i just being real. I just be like, oh, God, oh, 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 wait, okay. And then we like get down to brass tacks and we start fighting the fight. There's There's times where we sort of lose our bearings and, and I sense that Isaac, he's kind of in that place. He's like, man, what are we going go to do? Egypt. Let's go to Egypt. You know, he's like trying to come up with something. And uh, I don't know what you do when you face a hard time. But pay attention to this message. It's going to help you. We see in the text famine. What did Isaac do? Well, he was going to move to Egypt. Egypt was, was not as susceptible as other parts of the land because of the Nile. It kept it well watered. It didn't go through the kind of famines that other parts of the land went through. And so there were times when God's people would run to Egypt. Abraham went to Egypt. And Isaac wants to go to Egypt. And many times when people face difficulties, they run to a place that they know is safe. You know, like go back to mom's house. Go back to mom and dad's. I've seen that with new married couples. Very bad idea. Leave and cleave, baby. Leave and cleave. You get married, no, you ain't no running back to mama's house, all right? You're like, got to work it through. Tarzan and Jane, got to work it out. He's, he's going to go uh, to Egypt, and it was a safe place for him in his mind. God spoke to Isaac, and he said, stay in the land. Stay in the land. That is kind of a freakish thing, I would think. Here, stay in the place of famine. Just stay there. I will tell you, that wherever God tells you to stay, it might be in an outhouse on the outskirts of hell itself. If he told you to stay there, I would highly advise you obey. Because when you're in the perfect will of God, he will help you. He will strengthen you. He will give you what you need. And yes, some of you might feel like you're in an outhouse right now. Listen, keep keeping on. Keep, keep setting your face like a flint. Don't quit. Endure. He gets a word from God. And it really is amazing. I want to give you five promises that Isaac, that God gave Isaac. And they're really the same promises that he gave Abraham. And so the first one is right, right out of the text. I'll be with you. Stay in the land. I'll be with you. If God's with you, you can do it. Come on, someone say, if God's with me, it's going to be all right. Yeah. If God's with you, and if he's not with you, it's not going to be very good. If you're all on your own, that's a sad, scary moment. I'll be with you. He said it to Abraham, I'll be with you. He says to Abraham's son, I'll be with you. you Note know what I'm excited about is these promises are multi-generational. Right. I'll be with you. God is with me. He's with my family. He's with me in my marriage. He's with my son. He's with my daughter. And then t- as time goes on and a new generation takes over in the days, years, months to come, God will be with them if he's with them. Or if they run to Egypt and rely on their flesh, Egypt is also a picture of turning to your flesh. Egypt's a picture of turning to the world instead of turning to God. I'll be with you. We've studied the life of Joseph not long ago. It's one of my favorite series I've ever preached. And you'll see that God constantly was blessing Joseph. Well, why was constantly blessing Joseph? Well, well he, he loved him, but you'll see that God was with Joseph, so Joseph prospered over and over and over. I should go count how many times it says, "But God was with Joseph." God was with Joseph. God was with jo- God was with Joseph in the pit. God was with Joseph when he was sold into slavery. God was with Joseph at Potiphar's house. God was with Joseph in the dungeon. God was with him when he was falsely accused. God is with him. God is with him. God is with him. And God elevated him in one day, brought him from the dungeon to second in command in the greatest nation of all the world in one day. Why? Because God was with him. Goes on, the third promise. I'll give you all the lands to you and your descendants. Wow. That's the same thing he said to Abraham. Number four, I'll multiply your descendants. God wants to multiply me. God wants to multiply you. God wants to bless you. You know, on Sunday nights, it's family night. We don't have children's church in the back on purpose. Somebody said, Well, why is that? Because your kids need to need to see the bald head preacher and whatever other preachers up here preaching. Your kids need to be in church. with the fa- Listen, the family that worships together, I believe, stays together. The, the marriage that prays together, worships together, stays together. It's so important. You said, well, they're just coloring. Well, they're coloring, but they're also hearing and listening. And I'll tell you, as a pastor for the past 20-something years, as I'm preaching God's Word, I'll see, they're One, that's very nice. Good job. Coloring, maybe Legos. You know, quietly playing. We would set a little blanket out for our kids and it was like the blanket was the fly zone so you could stay on the blanket but God help you if you got off the blanket so there was there was boundaries you know alright and uh, that's just a parenting principle and uh, I'm so grateful for, um, what's your name again? Pastor Kirsten, I got it, yes Pastor Kirsten, Minister Kimmy. they're, they're preaching a series called The Parenting Toolbox and uh, it just started that I believe last, last Sunday night You don't want to miss that. I wouldn't know how to parent anything if I didn't have the church and have resources, didn't learn, didn't see it modeled. I would have just raised a bunch of brats. I I didn't raise brats. I raised world changers. I mean, they're kids. They're they're amazing, right? But you got to train them. You pray for leaders, God gives you strong-willed kids. You better think about whether you want leaders or not. Because you're going to have to go through the strong-willed thing. You're going to have to teach them. The promise... Of, the, of multiplication is to, not only to Abraham, but also to Isaac and to you. There's a promise of multiplication to you and your descendants. Now, I, I, I taught on this before, but, uh, but I want to go there again. I'm just feeling it. One, uh, Psalm 127, turn to Psalm 127. The fifth promise, and I'll go to Psalm 127 just a second, turn there. All the nations will be blessed through your offspring. It is the same promise that God gave Abraham he gives to Isaac. Psalm 127 says this, and it's, it's a family psalm. We talked about uh, family um, transformation. Here's what has to happen in your home, in my home. Here's what has to happen in America. You see, if all of us older people have a revival, we all fall out and get touched by God and walk in power but that doesn't get passed on to the next generation, and you don't teach your kids about that, then our nation's still going to go to hell in a handbasket. Psalm 127 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. It takes more than just, just working. There's an extraordinary factor you need in your family. So we've been teaching and preaching along the lines of family because your family has to get on fire. you got to teach your kids. You say, well, my, my, my kids are out of the house. Well, then maybe you're a grandparent. Listen, there's, you need to be a Holy Ghost, Spirit-led grandparent and model what it is to, to be somebody who's a man of God, a woman of God. Why? So a whole generation can see it. You say, well, I'm going to be single. I'm called to be celibate. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. You're still going to have ministry to people, right? You, you, right? in vain you rise up early here's 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 kind of a picture of what happens if you if you don't teach your kids to, to walk with the lord in vain you rise up early and stay up late toiling for food to eat it, it it's really a picture of toiling for food to eat he grants sleep to those he loves I, I, I you know if your kids go awry because of poor training now many times kids after they get out of the house will choose to make poor decisions you know, you, all, what you can do, all we can do is pray. I don't know why we ever say that. That's like the stupidest thing ever. Well, that's it now. All we can do is pray. All you can do is pray. That ought to be the first thing you're doing. That's the most important thing you're doing. When you're praying, that is the most powerful thing you can do. Well, we just got to pray now. Oh, pray makes all the difference. You can pray for your kids and God can turn them around. But I want to save you from getting gray hair earlier than you're supposed to get it. Learn to train your kids. And Pastor Kirsten, Minister Kimmy, all all of my staff, people have been around, you've been in ministry for any length of time. I'm just going to tell you that most people that need to hear these messages of the family toolbox don't come. When their kids get older, they're calling all kinds of strife and difficulty, and you lose sleep. God's plan, here's the thing. God's plan. Now listen, all you can do is the best you can and you believe God, you pray, you do your part. They're going to have to choose. They come to the place of free will. Every man has, a, every human being has a free will. You have to choose to serve God. You've got to teach your kids to choose to serve Him, right? So I mean after they're out of the house, I mean that, they've got to choose it at that point. But you've got to give them their wings. You've got to train them. You've got to get them to the place and instruct them and teach them and disciple them. See the key the key to the key to transformation in our community, the key to transformation in our nation. The key here with Isaac is somehow Isaac got something from dad. The key to revival in our community. Yeah, freedom, power, Holy Ghost. We're going to do that. But but your kids, your children have to learn, your grandchildren have to learn. The key to building your house, the key to rest, the key to having a The blessed life, the key to unlocking the city, bringing the power of God. I'll tell you what the key is. It's transformation of your children. I said it's a transformation of your children. You need to incorporate them in your prayer time at home. What prayer time? I know, I know. All right, we'll start one. You know, instead of, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray to your Lord my soul to keep, and if I die before I wake, what in God's name kind of a prayer is that? If I die before I wake, there is no authority in that. It's filled with tradition and has no, I don't even know if it's biblical. Jesus, help me out right now. You wonder why your kids have nightmares. You're praying they don't know if you're gonna, you know, you might die before you come on. <laughs> with long life, he will satisfy you. Have a heartfelt biblical prayer. I Pastor Karen, I think we've said it before. We need to just type ours up. I'm gonna do that. We're gonna have ours typed up and we'll have it out in the lobby. I think we've done it a number of years ago. But we'll do it again. But you need to develop your own time of prayer over your kids. They need to know that you're praying over them. That you're contending for them. They need to see you reading the word. They need to see you speaking the word. They need to see you putting your flesh down. When you get irritated, t- or turning the TV off and praying. When difficult times come. They need to see you praying when you get out on icy roads. Then we, Listen, we're driving it away. It's like, oh God, today, you know, this afternoon, about 15 minutes ago, before we came back to church... Before we left, before we came back, before we started to come back, or before we—I don't know—I don't know. Don't blame. You know, we start pulling away, and it's like, you know, Lord, keep us safe. I mean, that's a heartfelt prayer. We do it all the time. It's just part of our lifestyle. Some of you don't really think like that. Without the blessing of God and teaching your kids to be the blessing, they'll not know how they will not know how to hear His voice. Somehow, Isaac knew to hear from God. His father taught him. He got a word from the Lord. When you face difficulties, get a word from God. I can tell you story after story, time after time. When the enemy tried to destroy this church, when things happened, things went awry, difficulty, enemy attack, all of that, all we would do, I'm going to say all we would do, it is the main thing. If you get one word from God, it will set the enemy's tail on fire, and he will run like a scalded dog as far away from you as he possibly can, and then God will pour out his blessing on you. But if you respond in the flesh and go back to Egypt, you have no promise of breakthrough. All of you in high school, all of you all of you little ones, all of you coloring and Lego people out there, learn to hear God's voice. All the kids say it, learn to hear God's Learn to hear God's voice. Learn to get a word from God. Let him speak to you. I'm so excited about many things in the church. We have a, a, a prophetic art class that is led by Marita. Where, where is Marita? She's doing prophetic art somewhere. Okay. And the kids learn to hear God's voice and they put it into, into pictures and stuff. And it's a beautiful thing. It's it's an amazing ministry. And God's using Isaac learned to hear God's voice. God's promise was passed down to the next generation because of the obedience of Abraham. Some people think that their life doesn't really mean all that much. Well, you know, it's my life and I can do what I want to. Well, not, not if you're born again. If you're born again, it's not your life because your life has been purchased, right? And your life is no longer your own, right? So your life really belongs to him. So it's up to you, it's up to me, it's up to us to obey him. And the way in which we live, the way that we live will have a huge effect on our children and our grandchildren. And I'm, I haven't had, like, you know, Mr. Perfect. I, I have lots of challenges, and I'm working those things out. God's helping me. I'm so glad that His Word says that the good work He began, He will finish to the day of Christ Jesus. Is there anybody else that can talk about? Right. So you might feel like a mess tonight, but He started it, and He authored it, so He's going to finish it as long as you stay in His hand, Right. One of the things I think my kids could always say is, I got my carcass out of bed and went to prayer, Pastor Kirsten, I have gone to prayer. And I'm going to tell you something. I don't always feel like going to prayer. I'm going to be honest. I mostly don't feel like getting up and going to prayer. Why? Because leaders lead and prayer makes a difference. And I have got to get up. If we're going to reach this city, i got to get myself in prayer. i got to model it before you. I've got to model it before my staff. I've got to do it before the Lord. and, And my kids are paying attention. Now, I wish I'd be more spiritual and say, oh, yes, just angels around me lift me right out of bed. This, oh, I go down to pray. You know, there are those times. I'm not saying there's not, there's not. But mostly, it's a conviction to say that I am going to be a man of prayer. I'm going to live for God, and I'm going to model it before my whole family, before my staff, before my church, and before my kids. My kids will always remember, where's dad at 6 or 7 o'clock in the morning? Well, he's not here. They know that. Why? Because I'm in prayer. Right. Right. Amen. Pass on these traditions to your children. Uh, God, God's promise was passed down to the next generation because of the obedience of Abraham. We need to understand that generational blessings are very, very real. Turn to Genesis 18-19. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I, this might be one of my favorite family scriptures right here. It's so profound to me. And the context is that God is coming. He's going to bring judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham is, is there with these angelic visitors, the angel of the Lord, in fact. And here's, here's what the Lord says in Genesis eighteen nineteen, And he said, "Should we?" before that, it's like, should we tell Abraham what we're, we're going to do? And it goes on and says in verse 19, For I have chosen him. This is the Lord talking about Abraham. I have chosen Abraham so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just so the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised. That is is pregnant with revelation. It really is. Now think about this. God chose you. Why did he chose you? So that you could direct your kids. You said, well, I don't have any kids. Okay, but you'll have spiritual ones. He chose you. Why? So that you could direct your children and the household after him. Some of you, some of you, you haven't gotten a hold of it. There is control and, and, and leading your family with control and manipulation and anger. That is not what this is talking about. Very clearly, I'm leading my home. And there is no doubt about it. And my kids know that. They know that. And they know that their mom and dad, we lead. So when we say no, we don't mean an ambiguous blend of maybe. We mean no. When my daughter was born, uh, and she almost died, and I was over her, praying over her, interceding, God gave me a song. I prophesied over, and she had a turn around, and she's alive, getting straight A's in school today. When she was in her mother's womb, when we fe- when we got the little pregnancy stick back, we started declaring that God was going to give. We didn't know it was a girl right away, but give them a spouse. Then we found out it was a girl. I God's gonna. We prayed for a godly husband. Amen. So let me just tell you. Don't be surprised when my daughter marries a great godly man. Why why is that? Because I've been preaching, praying, and prophesying, laying hands on her, and I'm going to pick him myself. I'm not letting some scrub come in the back door and marry my daughter. That ain't happening. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. You're going to have to pass all kinds of tests. There will be a $5,000 application fee to start. non refund Non-refund. That's exactly right. Parenting toolbox. Come on. For Daniel also. Yeah, gonna pick his wife. Now I'm 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 not joking, but I they are going to help. I'm not going to do it by myself. I have thought about a, pre-arranged marriages. Oh no, I'm totally serious. I know, I know you're looking at me like you're crazy, but I've counseled so many people trying to help so many people where, where the, 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 daughter or the, or the boy, he got connected with somebody that was, then they didn't even love God and the family's just all jacked up and the person they're trying to get with it, they, they don't even love the Lord. And so now years later and it's strife and it's anger and it's all kinds of stuff and then divorce. I, how many hundreds of times do I have to see that? Not in my family. It ain't happening. As long as it depends on me. So I'm going to direct my I've taught my children. And I'll continue to teach them. Of course I'm not really the one that's going to go out and find the person. And bring it and say this is your one that you're marrying. No that's weird. You know. However. However. My kids know enough about the blessing of God. That they will not violate. The express command of their father and their mother. Now let me say this after I've said that. I will not get in the way of what the Lord wants to do either. So it doesn't matter red and yellow, black and white or wherever they come from. If it's God, well, we'll all know it and we'll all endorse the God person. Do you understand? So it's not about, you know, this picture that I have. I've had some pictures. I've I've erased them. God's choice is who it'll be. Come on. And it's no uh, it's not gonna be Gomer either. Just saying. That's old testament. That ain't happening in my family. Amen. You want a Gomer to yeah, some of you like Gomer? No, sir, we ain't gonna have any prophetic actions like that. Thank you, gee. Those days are over. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. I've chosen him so that he will direct his children, husbands, men, women, married couples, single moms, single dads. Learn to direct your kids. It's not a choice whether my kids come to church or not. They're in my house, they come to church. That's how it is. Do they always want to come to church? No. 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 And there are times where you need to learn to be flexible, but you need to direct your children. Why? Because the promise of God over your family goes on to them, but you need to direct them. You need to direct them. And their household after them. That means, wow, I mean their household after them. Think about it. that means, where's T-Paw? T-Paw, what's up? No, here, come here, come here. Our handsome worship leader tonight. God bless you. You got, you got a grandchild, huh? What's child's name?
1: Xavier
0: Keahi Scott. Amen. Congratulations. You know what this is talking about? It's talking about, now I don't have grandchildren yet. I'm going to have them, but I ain't having them for a while. Amen. And So we're going to do marriage first. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. That Abraham would direct his children. So now you're like Abraham. I'm like Abraham. So you have to direct your kids. I gotta direct my kids. We all all you all gotta direct your kids. And then it says in your household after them. You know what that means? That means a teapot got some authority. Come on, Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> is what they call them. Is that it's not papa or grandpa? Teapot. That's I don't know. That's just boom. That means that means there's authority with grandparents. Godly grandparents, that is household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. You need to teach your your kids. So Isaac apparently was taught and instructed. You need to teach and instruct your children. What are you talking about? I'm talking about generational blessings. I'm talking about obeying God. I'm talking about when difficult times come, teaching your kids and teaching yourself to get a word from God and to go where he tells you to go. Don't go back to Egypt. Don't go to the world. Don't Don't go to your flesh. Don't go to the devil from this morning. Obey God. Isaac stayed in the land, and God blessed him. God blessed him. He obeys. There's a sovereignty. God, God's a sovereign God. Say it. God is a sovereign God. What does that mean, Pastor Daniel? It means he does what he wants, when he wants, to whoever he wants to. That's what's sovereign. He's, he's all by himself. He don't need you. He don't need me. He's God, all alone. Right? So, the, so he's God. But at the same time, many people don't realize that their role of choosing His will, obeying His will, praying the prayers, and taking steps of faith, release His kingdom in their life. God's not just going to come and, you know, grab you and make it happen. You've got to do your part. I am thankful for the times where I just happen to be in the right place at the right time, but even then, the footsteps of the righteous are order of the Lord, so I'm doing my best to, to be right before God, keeping my heart you know, praying, loving Him, living a lifestyle of repentance, then I can trust that my feet are going to be right where they need to be so that I can get the breakthrough and the blessing. Come on, someone. He planted crops, and God blessed him a hundredfold. He planted crops. You need to learn to be someone who's a sower, a giver. And pray over your seed. Pray. I'm talking, that everything's a seed. Everything you do, seed time and harvest, winter and summer, cold and heat, will not cease till the earth melts away. So this is a principle, sowing and reaping. This principle of sowing and reaping is a principle that you and I are going to live with the rest of our days until the earth is no more. Right. Sowing and reaping. So what are you sowing? Listen, you want to find out what you've been sowing? Look at what you have in your life now. Amen. If you don't like what you have in your life, and begin to sow something different. What do you mean sowing? Words. You know one of the things that I just love about Pastor Karen, my beloved wife, is she's just very kind. I mean, she's, she's genuinely kind. She doesn't have an agenda. She's not trying to get something from somebody, or position, or political. There's none of that. She has none of that. She simply loves God and loves people and wants to do the best that she can. And if you spend any time with her, she's constantly saying, hey, woman of God. Hi, hey, woman of God. Oh, you look so beautiful, woman. It's just constantly these words of affirmation, encouragement coming out of her. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You can't get around her and not feel encouraged. So, what do you think happens in her life? God gives her someone like me to encourage her. Praise God! Thank you, Jesus! (laughs) Oh, that would be very arrogant if I was to think that's entirely the truth, but 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 God God will God gives her people that encourage her and strengthen her. She has so she's so deeply and widely loved everywhere that she goes. In all the extensions and places that we've pastored, we come back. The women come to her and they cry. We miss you, Pastor. You know, many times not here, but many times pastors' wives. Weird man. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching. Good, I'm telling you that's the truth. You don't want to know why that is? Want to know why pastors' wives are weird? Because they get backstabbed so many times, that's right. That's right. and they and they have people that just pull trips and do all kinds of weirdness. So many pastors' wives have have daggers out of their back, and they're wounded, and they're and and, and bitter and angry, and then they end up walking around within spiritual kung fu just because they don't know who's gonna. Wah! They don't know who's gonna like backstab them. For the record, Pastor Karen is a black belt in taekwondo. I know many of you don't know that. It's true. It hasn't been so good for me, but it is. She said, yeah, that's true, but I don't kick above the knee. And then we say, that's all that's needed. Amen. Let's get back into this. He planted crops. Learn to, what are you sowing? If you don't like your harvest now, got to do something different. Over the years, we've had people a part of the church that just couldn't have any, they didn't have any friends. I mean, they couldn't develop any relationship. We come to church, but they couldn't develop any relationships. And we would pray and try to help them and preach messages like this. And, you know, and just, just try to, try to encourage them. The reason they couldn't have any friends is they're just a, mean as a cuss. Do you understand? Mean. Mean spirited. I mean, you just didn't know if they're going to turn on you and bite your head off at any moment. And, and so they would begin to develop friends, and then, ah, there it goes, there's another head rolling. And then people are like, whoa, why are you, that's, she's dangerous, he's dangerous, she's dangerous. Right. So then, you know, they go through the process of leadership, we try to help them and get them healed, and, you know, like, nobody wants to be a part of my group. No kidding. Wonder why that is. There's people with black eyes, emotionally, all around you. Nobody loves me. This church is unfriendly. No. No. You've got a devil, and you're mean. That's why. Now, we, we try not to say it as directly as that, but I've had, to, I've had occasions where I've had to say, listen, listen to me. I'm going to help you right now. You're mean spirit. You're bitter, and you're angry. That's why people don't want to be with you. Wow. That's not true. You're hurting my feelings. Well, somebody needs to hurt your feelings so you can get healed. You know, thank, wounds from a friend are better than kisses from an enemy. So if you're sowing mean cuss attitude, what do you think you're going to have around you? Sowing and reaping is not just finances, it's everything, everything is sowing and reaping. He planted crops, God bless him a hundredfold. I'm believing for a hundredfold of all the wonderful seeds I've sowed, and I'm praying for crop failure for all the bad ones. Come on, somebody say crop failure for all the bad ones. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't quite work that way, but, Hallelujah. He became very wealthy. I love how it says that. He became very wealthy. He was rich, and then he became very wealthy. I am a very wealthy man. Amen. Thank you. God has made me that way. What are you talking about? Are you a multimillionaire? Well, not yet. I mean, not that I know of. But wealth is more than just finances. First of all, I have what I need when I need it. I have a wife that loves me deeply, thinks I'm the freshest, greatest thing on the planet. Amen? No, she tells me. And she's not a liar. Liars go to hell. But an amazing marriage. My children are amazing. Pastor this amazing church. God's pouring out his spirit. I always wanted a Cummings turbo diesel truck. I drive one. Yeah, it's 10 years old, but it's still a turbo Cummings diesel I'm thankful. And wealth is way beyond that. There's true wealth, true riches. And I will tell you the greatest thing that I have, it's this relationship with you, God. That's true wealth. Relational wealth. I've got people around me that love me. I've got friends that would fly here if I needed them now. They'd get on planes right now, fly from different parts of the world that would show up as fast as an airline could bring them to Alaska. Somebody said, count yourself blessed if you have two or three great friends for a lifetime. I have like 10 plus and growing. Come on, someone say God wants to bless me. Yeah, he wants to make you very wealthy. He does, in every area of your life. Don't make money of God. True wealth comes from God, And, and finances are just a test. And if you can't be trusted with With On the the earthly mammon, how can you be trusted with the true riches? Think about that. True riches. What in God's name is true riches? What is that? Things like his glory, miracle power, intimacy with God, the true riches of heaven. Your money in your pocket is just a test. But there is sowing and reaping with that also. The family wells were stopped up. We began to read that. And Isaac goes and he begins to reopen those. And there's all kinds of contention. The Philistines would stop them up. They were jealous of him. And there will be people that will try to stop you. There will be people that will try to get you not to put up your 65-foot cross. There will be people that will try to stop you. But I'm going to tell you, you can't stop God. You can't stop the plan of God. God's speaking to us very, very simply. In this season of your life, ask yourself this question. Are you where God told you to be? If you're not, I would say you repent and take your little feet and run right back to the Lord and get to where he told you to be. Many people go through difficulties because they're not doing what God told them to do or being where God told them to be or saying what God told them to say. Are you where God told you to be? And as you go through challenges, remember, get a word from God. Every day you need to get a word from God. What is God saying today? One of the things I do when I when I travel, I spend time with pastor's sons and daughters and stuff, and we did this with Pastor Bruno, is we ask them. First thing in the morning, you know, we're praying, praying together, reading the word, people having their little devotion time. I ask them, hey, what's the word of the Lord? What's the word of the Lord? So what is it? I'm going to ask you, do you know the word of the Lord for your life right now? If I asked you, what is the word of the Lord for today? Could you stand up and say, yeah, God told this to me. If you can't do that, then you need to take a look at your walk with Jesus and say, okay, I, I think I need to just a closer walk with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm, Carry everything to God in prayer. That's what you do when you don't know the words. Come on, Pastor Carson. Not carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, you guys are good. You guys are good. When you have spend time with God in prayer, He talks to you. When He talks to you, you need to make note of it and and, and teach your kids to do the same thing. Get a word from God. Another thing I want to say is, we bring this application, learn to plant seed. Learn to make good choices in every area of your life. Be a, be a kind person. You know, something, someone uh, said this to me. I know it is, but they'll remain anonymous. They said something to me that was so um, dear to my heart. They said, y'all, excited about the new church. While wow, so many people coming, church is growing. You know, I just hope we don't lose that personal touch. I will tell you something. We will never, so help me God, we will not lose that close family feel. You know why? Because you're going to be like close family family to everybody that comes in here you're going to be loving you're going to be kind we will never be the kind of church where there's not a hang that's why we made our lobby our lobby is 9,000 square feet The lobby why would you do that because we have huge banquets and we love to eat food and have fellowship and coffee come on somebody say hallelujah we love kids Hope I didn't freak her out right there. Almost scared myself. Cafe that overlooks the, the valley with this glass. And Why would you make a kid? Our lobby over here is so congested. And we only have like one. You should see all the bathrooms, Pastor Kirsten. They're amazing. Large capacity fans. And just... Awesome. we will always remain <laughs> close <laughs> those don't really tie together the bathrooms and the closeness and all that but I'm just saying we'll remain a loving family we, how, do we do, listen, how do we do that? by you being loving to each other hold the door open for people gentlemen, young men, learn to hold the door don't go rushing through before elders, stop it all Right? I saw that, it makes me bothered I mean honor people Hold the door for for women. Open the door for your wife, sir. I dare you. I dare you. Your marriage go to another level. You just start opening the door for her instead of just jumping in your side. You, you monkey. <laughs> Open the door. Chivalry is not dead. Start start being kind. Say kind things. Say, build on be on God's building crew. See how many nice things you can say to your wife. Don't say them to other women. That doesn't work out good. But say it to say it to good offering teaching today. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Wonderful worship. Man, all day long. God bless you. Awesome. Praise God. Come on. Put your hands together for T-Paul. You know what I'm really grateful for? I'm grateful for one of the most amazing, I believe, one of the greatest children's ministry teams in the whole state, absolutely, right here. Come on, put your hands together for all our, our children's ministry people. Come on! Come on! Oh no. Oh no. You need to tell them. If those of you have kids, you know what it's like to watch your kids. Come on. You need, hello. Some of you need to daily direct them a little bit better maybe. We're thankful for you. Now doesn't that feel good? I mean it. Encourage people. Speak life to people. Be kind. Gentle. Long-suffering. This time when God demonstrated his power to Isaac, he he had done it for Abraham. And as I close, um, one of the ways of bringing your kids into a walk with the Lord so that they will never turn their back on him is they have to experience the joy of being used by God. Our children, our youth, young adults. Seniors, everyone here, if you don't have experience what it's like to serve God and to let a, a, an anointing, an empowerment of His Spirit to come on you to serve and help somebody else, if you don't ever experience that, your discipleship in, your, in Christ is jacked up. And when kids understand that they were partnered with and they pray, you know when you have prayer time, you need a financial miracle at home? You don't have to tell them all the details because sometimes kids, you know, many times kids can't bear that kind of weight. But you can tell them, you know what, we need to, we just need a financial breakthrough. God's going to do it. Come on, lay hands on the checkbook or here, put your hands right here. Let's lay hands on this thing and gather everybody together and you can have them pray. And then when God brings a miracle, you tell them, hey, you remember that prayer we prayed? God brought the breakthrough or when mom's needing healing or when dad's needing healing or or when you need wisdom you bring your kids in to be a part of that so that they learn Isaac learned to hear God's voice learned to obey how from his father from Sarah too God wants to elevate you I could go on and talk about these new wells and you got to contend You have to fight for your family. You have to fight for the promise. And that's what Isaac did. He went went and tried to reopen dad's wells, but the Philistines argued with them, put stones in it, went into another one. Didn't work out. Then he went and finally dug a new one. Some of you need to dig a new well. There's a new well that we're digging up on that hill. There's a well of revival. I'm excited about it. Our kids will serve in it. Very simple message tonight, but powerful. Amen. Stand up on your feet all across this place. Just begin to talk to God. Come on, begin to talk to Him. Come on, lift your hands, lift your voice. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, lift your voice. Yes. Oh, yeah. The promises of God to me and my family are yes and amen, yes and amen, yes and amen. Lord, thank you. We pray right now. You know what? If you're you're in a place of famine, you need a word from God. You need a word from God. You know it. I want you to step out from where you are. Come to the front as an expression of your desire to hear God's voice a little bit more clearly. To hear a voice of the Lord. To say, this is the way, walk in it. Come on. The promise for us. My sheep know and hear my voice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lord, we're not going to run back to the flesh. We're not going to run, Lord, back to Egypt. Not going to go to the world. Certainly not going to some psychic hotline because you, Lord, speak to us and you know the answer. You say, This is the way ye walk in it. Not to the right or the left. You'll hear a voice. Don't turn aside to another voice. Another voice the sheep will not hear. I am the sheepfold gate, Jesus said. My sheep know and hear my voice. A voice of another shepherd that will not obey. Holy Spirit, come and speak right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, just ask Him to talk to you. Allow for thoughts from the throne, thoughts from the throne. Good, pure, holy, noble, admirable. Pastors and ministers that flow in the prophetic, you know who you are. Quickly get out. I want 30 seconds. 30 seconds. That's not a minute. It's 30 seconds over every person. Ready? Set. Ready? Set. Move quick. Ready? Set. Go. Quickly, quick, quick, quick. Amen. Start over on this side too. 30 seconds per person. Ready? Set. Prophesy. Right now, release the word of the Lord. Get your phone out. Some of you need to record this. Come on, get your phone out and record it. 30 seconds. Ready, to go. Come on, let's worship God. Call His name. Jesus. Call His name. Yep. Jesus. Holy Spirit. Call His name. Go, 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 go. You're on the next person. That's it. Release the word of the Lord over thee. Next person. Move. Next person. Next person. That's it. That's it. That's it. for us. Come on, those of you that are out out of the congregation, just begin to press in. What's God saying? What's the circumstances of your life? What does the Lord say? How is He leading, guiding, and directing you? Ask Him to talk to you. Come on, Josh, get up front go for it, man. 30 seconds. Move. That's it. 30 seconds. Move again. Ready? Go. Ready? Go. Can we clean up this back row, ushers? You'd help me out because I'm, I'm not sure what's happening right here. Reverend Haggerty, I'm gonna move along and just bring the word of the Lord right over. 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Boom! 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 Thank you. Many different ways to hear His voice. Through His Word. God will speak to you through the Word. God will speak to you through circumstances. God can speak to you through a prophetic voice. And the gift of prophecy, that's what's happening. He'll speak to you. He'll speak to you in creation. God will speak to you through creation. I've had birds minister to me. Don't look at me like I'm crazy. I'm telling you, I've had birds minister to me. I was a tour guide many years ago, as these are being ministered to. And we're okay on time. We'll only be about another five minutes. We'll be done. I was a tour guide, and I was so discouraged. I was riding a bicycle, and I was 28 years old. You know, my idea of a job was not riding a bike at 28. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I was so discouraged. I didn't even, even own a car. And I thought, my God, I'm a loser. I was saved. I love Jesus. And I started going into like a depression while I'm riding this bike down a volcano in Hawaii as a tour guide, a bicycle tour guide. And I'm weeping and crying because I can't believe here I am. This is what's become of my life. And I begin to hear a bird. except I'm riding my bike at 15 to 20 miles an hour and I can't find this bird anywhere it gets my attention and I look and there's a bird that's flying next to me all the way down the mountain flying next well not all the way but for a couple miles and it's, it's just and I'm like wow it just it brought me out of my funk I was so beautiful and then I got, you know, the tongues and interpretation? I kid you not. And you can't find a scripture that doesn't say that God wouldn't do this. And neither could I. I knew the word a bit by that time. And I knew by this is the Lord. He can speak through a donkey. Now, the bird did not start speaking English. I will tell you that. But the. I got the interpretation. And it was a love song from God to me. And God began to speak to me. I've called you, son. I've saved you. It's going to be all right. You're going to make it through. You're only on a bike for right now. Oh, but I love you and I've hemmed you in and I'm bringing you out of that place and I'm restoring your life. And I began to weep under the power of God as I'm riding my bike with a bird that's singing next to me. I'm telling you, God can give you a word to tell you where to go, to tell you what to do. He's a supernatural God. There has to come in your life a degree of of the unexplainable. Listen to me. If you can explain your whole life something's wrong, many of you should be dead, myself included. God wants to speak to you. God wants to guide you. God wants you to sow. God wants you to reap. He wants to prosper you. He wants to bless you, why? Because the promise is for you and for your children and the children after them. Many of you are walking in the blessing, and I know this is the case for me, walking in the blessing because of a previous generation that served God. Come on, your life matters now no matter how you're, okay, so you're 50, 60 years old and you didn't serve God like you should have all those years. Well, it's a brand new day for God's sake. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps and start living with your hair on fire now. You can make a difference in this generation. It's not over. You're not dead. I've known people that at 80 years old they went into the ministry. It's just begun. It's the first day of the rest of your life. Shake off that discouragement. Shake off that apathy and get on fire for God. Get a word from God and let Him use you in this generation. We need fathers. We need, we need mothers in the church. We need sons and daughters. We need people that can hear His word and obey. To sow and to reap and declare. We need people that know how to dig a new well. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Did you all get a word from God? Yes? If you didn't get a word and you want one, come all the way up to the steps. I hope you got something from the Lord. I did Father, we thank you for what you've done tonight. What you're doing in our lives. If you're not right with God, give your heart to Him right now. You say, that's me, Pastor. If that's you, then you pray this right out loud with me. Say, dear Heavenly Father. Come on, say, dear Heavenly Father. Thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, to die in my place. Forgive me of all of my sin. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Wash me and cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. You'll never regret that. Live for God all of your life.